Welcome to another episode of the Granite List Live, where we talk about all things related to employee benefits and human resources. I'm Lee Dill. And I'm Sally Pace. And today we are joined by Jen Berman, who is the CEO of MZQ Consulting, who eats, sleeps, and breathes benefits compliance. Jen, thanks for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Who doesn't love and get excited about compliance in general, but really want to talk about some compliance obligations for employer-sponsored health plans. But before we do that, can you give the audience a little bit about your background? Well, sure. I am an ERISA attorney, so employee benefits and executive compensation. So I practiced for about eight years before I co-founded MZQ back in 2014, initially to do ACA reporting. And since then, we have expanded into all manner of benefits compliance services. We do ACA reporting, land documents, 5500s, mental health parity, really everything related to benefits compliance services. And I know there is a lot of light being shed on obligations for employer-sponsored health plans. One compliance obligation in particular is the gag clause attestations. And I think, are those still on schedule to be due December 31st of this year? At the moment, they are. So we are recording this on October 4th. And I make that point because I am not at all certain that the December 31st compliance deadline will hold. I think that there is a real possibility that we will see an enforcement delay. But as of today, employer sponsors are required to make that attestation by no later than December 31st that they do not have and have not had since December 27th, 2020, any gag clauses in their plans. And what those are, are any provisions, any contractual provisions in any of their provider networks restricting any of that transparency data from being released. So dig a little bit deeper into that. I'm an employer and I don't know what you're talking about, about transparency data. What am I looking for? What am I signing away and being held accountable for? That's a great question. So the Consolidated Appropriations Act, or CAA, as we talk about it, requires health plans to share information about what providers are being paid, how much plans are paying towards the cost of coverage. So there were those machine-readable files. There's lots and lots of information that needs to be shared now about how much plans are paying towards the cost of coverage. So gag clauses are really any provisions in contracts between plans and providers that restrict information about really those payment terms from being shared. And historically, there have been significant gag clauses in all sorts of network contracts that would be out there. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, How on earth am I, as the employer or an employer plan sponsor, supposed to know what are in all of these network contracts? That's an excellent question, because in most cases, an employer who's contracting with the third-party administrator or even a fully insured plan with a carrier isn't privy to all of the contracts, the network contracts that might exist. But technically speaking, it is their responsibility to make sure that these gag clauses do not exist. And the next step is that in addition to making sure these clauses aren't in those contracts, they have to go to CMS and attest to CMS that they do not exist and have not existed for a little over the past three years by the time we get to that compliance deadline. 
all right, Jen, that sounds darn near impossible. How are we supposed to do that? Hmm, funny you should ask. I don't know. How are we going to do that? Well, I don't know. This is what keeps me up at night right now. I'm not exactly sure how employers are going to do this. So there are TPAs and carriers and big networks out there that are sending letters to their employer plan sponsors that say, we don't have gag clauses or we haven't had gag clauses since XYZ date. So you can go ahead and attest or we're going to attest for you because carriers and third-party administrators are allowed in certain circumstances to attest on behalf of their groups. But it's not quite that easy. So when the attestations are made, they have to be made for the period from December 27th, 2020 all the way through December 31st, 2023. So that could cover as much as four plan years at this point. And any given employer plan, they can make more than one attestation because remember, it might not just be one network we're talking about. We've got plans with carve-outs and things like that. So we could be dealing with multiple networks. Right now, every employer is required to make these attestations, but there's only one attestation you can make. You can only go in and tell CMS that you have no gag clauses. Okay. How do you know that you have no gag clauses? Well, you don't really have the option as the employer to necessarily have read every single contract that you had. So there's a lot of unanswered questions here. A lot. There is not, as of today, and again, we're recording on October 4th, the ability to go in and say, I don't know. So you got to go in and make this government attestation. And right now, there's only a box that says, yes, I'm attesting. I have no gag clauses. I would not tell a group that I represent or a client that I work with to do that unless they were absolutely sure that they had no gag clauses. How? How can you be sure that you don't have any? I don't know. Maybe your third-party administrator or your carrier has told you so, but maybe they haven't. Not easy questions to answer. I have a question. Yeah. What is the penalty if you say yes and they find out that you do have a gag clause in place? That's a great question, to which I have an entirely unfulfilling answer, which is we don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. at this point, at that point, you have gone to the federal government and you've attested to something that is not true. So you've made an incorrect and false filing and there's a knowledge qualifier there, right? So did you know at the time that you made the attestation that there was a gag clause in place and attest knowingly or not knowingly? Like that would matter. But there are many, many more unanswered questions here than we could begin to tell you. Do you have to answer yes in order to submit the form? Is it one of those, oh, go back and fill in all the box? You missed something. Don't forget to check that box. Right now you do. Okay. Right now the only way to submit the form is to answer yes. We believe that they might be revising the form to create a way that you could answer no. But right now that doesn't exist. Right. That seems like a problem. It is a problem. Let's do gag clause 
101 for dummies. I want to simplify things a little bit more. Outside of my TPA or carrier, where would I even begin to search for and what am I looking for in plan language that would be a red flag that I am indeed falsifying documents? (laughs) I mean, your TPA or carrier are really the only people who would have these things unless you have like a carve out arrangement. So you might have a behavioral health carve out or something like that where you would might find more provider agreements. So that would be another place that you would maybe look. You might have a PBM that has agreements with pharmacies. That could be another place where gag clauses might be found. So there are other places where you could be on the lookout for gag clauses. But this is not something where I would tell an employer, just go do this filing because it's a requirement. This is not like, oh, you have to file a 5500, so go do it because you got to check the box. So while there is a requirement that you do the gag clause attestation, don't just do it. Make sure as a fiduciary that you know what you're filing and don't just file it because somebody said, oh, you have to file this. That's a great point. We kind of breezed over talking about fiduciary responsibility. But Jen, will you help educate the audience on what an employer's fiduciary responsibility is high level when it comes to either fully insured or self-insured health plans? Right. So in all cases, all employer plan sponsors are by definition fiduciaries. You can't get out of it. And that is sort of a heightened standard of care that you have to act in the best interest of your employees as plan participants. And it means at the most basic level that you're acting for the benefit of those participants and beneficiaries and that you're following the law. And in that case, fundamentally, the most important piece of the law here is those provisions that those gag clauses don't exist, that you are doing the filing ultimately. But step one is making sure that those provisions don't exist. And that means holding your vendors accountable for these things, first and foremost. And so if the vendors have not done what they need to do in Number one, verifying to you as a plan sponsor that the gag clauses are gone, that they are following the transparency rules, and confirming to you that they don't have gag clauses in place, then you cannot meet your fiduciary requirements and legal requirements to do a gag clause attestation. And so, one, you shouldn't do it. You can't go lie to the government. And two, you need to hold your vendors accountable in that regard. So what are you doing? I know this keeps you up at night, helping your your clients stay accountable and within the law. So if I'm worried about this, if I'm starting to stay up at night, how do I hold my vendors accountable? I'm like, I know the person, Jen Berman. Mm. What are you going to tell me you're going to do for me? That's a great question. That is a really good question. I'm meeting with my leadership team probably three times a week trying to figure out an answer to just that question because we're getting phone calls every day. Are we or are we not filing Mm -hmm. gag clause attestations for groups? And I have not gotten to yes yet. I'll be perfectly honest with you. We got to almost yes a number of times about filing them, but we have not gotten there yet. I suspect we will get there at some point in the next few weeks or months that we will end up starting to help employers do it. But we're not there yet because we haven't figured out how we're going to verify that when we're filing that the gag clauses do not, in fact, exist. And I still have to I have to solve for that. I have to get comfortable before we 
make a filing on behalf of an employer that we found some way to confirm the absence of the gag clauses. I suspect that and hope very much that CMS is going to provide that option of allowing employers the ability to file that they have not yet been able to confirm it. So my hope is that that option will become available and that we will either end up rolling out a product that either confirms to CMS that we have been unable to confirm it, or that I will end up rolling out a product that documents a process for employers that we have been in the process of trying to document the gag clause status, but have not yet filed because I am not at the point where I am comfortable filing an attestation documenting the absence of a gag clause when I have not yet been able to actually document it, which sounds like a lot of lawyer speak. But fundamentally, uh, you can't prove a negative and I'm not prepared to attest to a negative that I cannot prove. But I have no doubt you will figure out a solution before that form is filed. I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> we have faith in you for sure. I know a lot of our audience has been following a number of the laws that are changing and also just understanding more about transparency, transparency in price, transparency in product, transparency in payment. But if I'm new into the employer-sponsored health plan space and I'm starting to get really scared about the word fiduciary, but know that it's something that it is my responsibility. What is one first step that you would give our audience as we close out the show? Not to panic, right? So even with something like this, this is hard, right? And so we've sat here and I've said, I have not figured this out yet. If I have not figured this out yet, that is because nobody has figured this out yet. CMS has not figured this out yet. The Department of Labor has not figured this out yet. A tiger is not going to eat you if you have not figured this out yet. It will be okay. It will get figured out if you don't have it right by December 31st. It will still become 2024 and we will get through it together. It's going to be okay. Everyone turns to ERISA attorneys for comfort. Jen Berman has stepped right up to the plate today. <laughs> Thanks a bunch for, for being on the show. I hope that it sparks a lot of additional questions from our audience. So if they wanted to continue a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you, what is the best way for folks to find out more about the services your team offers? Um, you can always find us on our website, which is MZQ, M as in Mary, Z as in Zebra, Q as in Queen, mzqconsulting.com. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us today. And thank you to our audience for listening to another episode of The Granite List Live. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live. 